Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. Today we are in week one of our Lenten sermon series called Living Sacrifice. And what we're going to be doing in this six-week series that, that leads us through the dark season of Lent to the light of resurrection is examining what Paul has to teach us about living our lives as a sacrifice to God. Or what we're going to be doing for the next six weeks to, to make this practical is getting very serious about what it actually looks like to live our lives as Christians on a daily basis. So Paul begins in Romans 12 by saying this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Again, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now, what Paul is doing as he begins to delve into the practical part of the book of Romans is he's giving us a kind of paradigm or way of thinking about what it means to live our lives as Christians. Or in the phrase, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, he's giving us this overall image of what it looks like to live out our faith every single day, which means to get at the truth of what Paul's teaching we need to unpack what Paul means when he uses the word sacrifice because it's much different than the way we use the word today. So for, for most people today, when, when they hear the word sacrifice, what they think of immediately, because this is the way the word is used, is that sacrifice is this act of suffering we do for the sake of helping others. Right? Sacrifice is suffering that we do for others. The main image of sacrifice being that all the pain and suffering that, that Jesus endured on the cross when he gave his life for us. Or, for example, men and women who were killed in war are said to have sacrificed their lives for this great country. People who are standing up to those in power are sacrificing their jobs and their security to try to bring about change, to try to make the world better, right? Missionaries overseas are sacrificing themselves every single day to proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ in a place that can get them killed. Or the way we think about sacrifice today is it's always wrapped up in some kind of suffering. That's what we think of when we think sacrifice. But what I want to point out to you is that even though living the Christian life is difficult on occasion, and there's no doubt that you are going to have to sacrifice in that sense from time to time, that's not actually what Paul is talking about when he tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, to really understand what Paul is getting at, we need to go back to how the ancient Jewish people understood their practice of sacrifice because that's where it becomes clear. That's where we get to the truth of what Paul has to teach us in regards to living our lives as Christians. So, in the ancient world, sacrifice was a natural, normal part of everyday life and that almost every religion during that time was, was centered around a sacrificial system. And very simply put, a sacrificial system was the way that the people worshiped their gods. It's what everybody did. They didn't go to church. They didn't do what we do. They went to the temple 
And what they would do to sacrifice is they would go to the deity, the, the temple that they were um, in particular, you know, wanted to sacrifice to. And so they'd take an animal and they usually buy that animal at um, the place. And then they would hand that animal over to the priest and the priest would kill that animal, sacrifice that animal, and then they would burn that animal on the altar. And so that's the way people worship their gods back then. Now, for most modern people looking from the outside in, we understand that the reason why the ancient people killed animals and offered them to the gods is because the gods are angry and they need someone, they need something to die to be appeased. And the only way to appease that anger is to, to kill something. That's kind of the way most people understand sacrifice in our time and place. But what you need to understand about what Paul's saying here is that that's not how the Jewish people thought about sacrifice at all. No, instead, the way they made sense of what they were doing when they sacrificed an animal is that they were bringing God a gift to stay in relationship with God. Or to simplify, and this should kind of sound familiar, I want you to imagine two people who have been good friends for years. We're going to call them Abe and Bob. What you need to know about Abe and Bob? They kind of got this bromance going, Right? Brothers from another mother, they're, they're kind of connected at the hip. They do everything together. It's like nothing can separate these two. Well, what happens is one day Bob ends up doing something that really hurts Abe. And let's say he made fun of his mom or something like that, right? He did something to break this relationship. Now, because of what Bob has done to Abe, no longer are they friends, right? Abe is completely and totally walked away from Bob. He wants nothing to do with him at this point. Well, in the ancient context, when something like that happened, when a relationship was broken, really the only way that relationship could be restored in their mind is if Bob would bring Abe a gift. And the reason he brought him a gift is because he was saying he was sorry and making up for the wrong that he had done. Right? Or married people, you know that one time you did that one thing that put you in the doghouse and then you had to go out and buy a gift and make all things better? I'm the only one who's ever done this. Come on, people. Yeah, it's kind of like that, right? It's like that. It's, that's basically what's going on. Well, that's how the Jewish people made sense of a sacrifice. When they brought an animal to God, they were not bringing an animal to God to appease his wrath. They were bringing an animal to God to give God a gift to restore their relationship. So they would sin, right? And sin is what separates us from God. And so to restore that relationship, they brought Gift, which means the way the Jewish people thought about sacrifice had nothing to do with appeasing an angry God who needs something to suffer, but instead was all about offering God a gift. It's an apology. It's, hey, 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 I've done something wrong. Can we be friends again? Can we have a relationship again? Make sense? So how many of you guys love the fact that when we jump into the ancient world, it all comes together and begins to make sense? Anybody like that? Am I the only nerd in the house today? No, the, the other thing that I want you to notice is, um, the other thing I want you guys to notice is, notice how God met these people where they were, right? They don't understand the way the world works like we understand it today. And notice that God meets them there. And this is how he stays in relationship with them. I think it's absolutely amazing. Now, the reason why killing an animal and having it burned at the altar was in their mind the best way to give God a gift at that time, which of course seems very bizarre to us, is first of all, because blood and death in the ancient world was commonplace, right? I mean, to survive, these people were killing things. 
It's just the way it went. They couldn't go to the grocery store and pick up meat. So I'm sure the, the violence and the death that happened during a sacrifice wasn't something that they really picked up on. It wasn't something that bothered them. Secondly, animals were one of the most prized possessions that people had in the ancient world. And so to give God a gift that was worth something, it just made sense to offer an animal. And then you have to understand that, that most ancient people believe that God literally lived right up there. They had no idea how big the universe was, right? For the ancients, the world was flat and there was a dome and above that dome was where God lived. And so, in their literalistic minds, the best way to give a gift to God who was way up there was to sacrifice an animal and burn it. Because when you burn something, it turns into smoke. And where does smoke go? And so in their minds, that's how they got their gift from down here to up there. And it's how God received their gifts and forgave them and restored their relationship. So what all of that means is that when Paul uses the word sacrifice in the statement to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, he's not calling us as Christians to live a life of misery and suffering, which is the way so many people have interpreted this text. That's not what it means at all. No, what Paul is getting at because of what the word sacrifice means in his time and place is that we are being called to live our lives as a gift to God. Or instead of going to the temple and offering an animal as a gift, Paul is calling us to live our entire lives as a gift to God. Or to see this most clearly, all you have to do is replace the word sacrifice with the word gift because they mean the same thing in the ancient context and it becomes clear. Present your body as a living gift, holy and acceptable to God. Present your life in everything that you are as a gift, holy and acceptable to God. Which again means what Paul is teaching us here is that living our lives as a sacrifice is not about suffering. It's not about suffering. You've got to get that through your heads. But instead it's about living every single part of our life as a gift. And I don't, you guys just sit there. I tell you this amazing stuff that will change your lives and this is what I get. I don't understand you people. How long? Eight years now. Eight years now. Now, the way I make sense of what it means to live our lives as a gift to God is I think about what my dad has always said to me about what he wants most from his kids. Because what my dad has taught me since the moment I can remember is that what he wants most for me has nothing to do with me bringing him a gift or me buying him something nice. Now, what my dad wants most for me is for me to take everything he has worked so hard to give me, the talent, the wisdom, the knowledge, the education, the love, the support, and to use that not only to live an incredible life myself, right? Being a good spouse and a great father and a hard worker, but by using all the blood, sweat, and tears he gave me to help others and make a difference. The best gift I could ever give my father is taking what he has given me and using that to the best of my ability to make a difference in this world. And I'm pretty sure all of you feel the same way about your children, right? That's what we all long for. The gifts really don't matter. But if our kids will take what we have given them and go out and live incredible lives, oh man, there's nothing better than that. Well, I believe that is exactly 
what it is that Paul is trying to tell us when it comes to offering our bodies as a living sacrifice. Because what our Heavenly Father wants most from all of us besides to love and be loved is for us to take all that he has given to us, our talents, our abilities, our freedom, our knowledge, our life, and use that, not just for ourselves, but to live into the extraordinary lives he has created for us. To play our part in causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or that's what it looks like to live your lives as a gift to God or to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to our God. Oh, how amazing is that? Oh, by the way, you're God's gift to the world. Do you ever think about that? Not in that horrible way, but you're God's gift to the world. But the amazing thing is Paul doesn't stop there. He, right after he proclaims that we're being called to give our bodies as a sacrifice, he then adds this mind-blowing statement, which in, in my opinion makes this I'm teaching even more powerful. He says, which is your spiritual worship? Which is your spiritual worship? With worship here, of course, being how we honor, celebrate, and praise God for all that he has done. And what Paul is adding here is that worship is not just what we do on Sunday morning as we gather together to sing and praise and remember our God. It's not just about this moment, although this moment is fantastic and foundational, and I want you guys to come back, right? No, worship is also about what we do the other six days a week. Worship is about how we serve our clients. It's about how we do our jobs. It's about how we treat other people. It's about using all that God has given to us, not just on ourselves, but for the sake of his kingdom. It's about entering into those dark places in the world where things are not right and doing what we can to make things right. Or in other words, living our lives as a gift to God is also what it looks like to worship our God in everything that we do. Our worship is a lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. If you want to worship and honor your Father, then what you need to do is take all that He has given you and go out and live into the extraordinary lives that He has created for you. Now, the, the way that I go about making this, this idea practical for myself is I have this saying that, that I try to repeat to myself a couple of different times a day because it reminds me um, of what it means to live my life as a sacrifice. And it's a, it's a simple, simple thing, so I hope you guys will remember it. I hope you'll write it down, put it on a mirror or something like that. And as you'll see, I, I've stolen a, a, a particular famous quote and used it in a different way, but I think it'll stick. So when you get up in the morning, when you go about your day, this is what you need to say to yourself. Ask not what God can do for you. Ask what you can do for God. Ask not what God can do for you. Ask what you can do for God. Because let's be honest, people. What do we do when we get up in the morning? God, help me. Help me, God, to do what I need to do to get my things done today. Anybody guilty of that, or is that just me? Yeah, we're thinking about ourselves. And so what this particular saying reminds us of is that when we get up in the morning as we go throughout the day, it's not about asking God to, to give us what we want. 
It's about saying, hey, God, I'm here. Help, help me to be a part of getting you what you want. And the amazing thing that happens if we'll do that, if we'll make this the direction of our life, is, is you'll find what you're looking for. Right? What, what even scientific uh, research is showing us these days is when you chase after the, the things that you want, like happiness and joy and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't come. Happiness and joy and contentment and all that stuff is a byproduct of giving your life to something bigger. Of sacrificing your life. Giving your life. I don't know, does that mean I'm going too long? Is that what that is? You guys hear that or is it just me? Yeah. He's, he's at wrap it up. These guys are getting bored. Okay. All right, God. All right, God. Got it. So, it is my hope. That you'll understand that when you live your life as a sacrifice for God, it's not about suffering. That's not what it means to be a Christian. Although there's going to be times of it, no doubt. Ultimately, it's about living your life as a gift. It's about taking all that God has given to you and doing something incredible with it. Which is also how you worship him in spirit and in truth. Every single moment of every single day. Let us pray. Fathers, we jump into this series that's all about learning to live our lives as a sacrifice. My prayer is this. My prayer is this is not just one of those sermons that, that people know, that people get in their minds and that's it. But it becomes a knowledge of truth that they strive to live by every single day. That we become the kind of people that don't get up in the morning and ask you um, for what we want but instead we begin to ask what it is that we can do for you so that it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter if we're a teacher or a preacher. It doesn't matter if we're an accountant. Take out the trash, whatever it is, oh Lord. Help us to do it for you. Help us to live our lives for you. Help us to offer our bodies, everything that we are, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.